0: This is the Decibel Geek Podcast with Chris Sinzak and Aaron Camaro.
1: In a world of fake news and clickbait, you got to have the real thing and we're it right here. We're the Decibel Geek Podcast and once again, we're bringing you geek wire yeah that's right the latest and greatest happenings in the world of hard rock and heavy metal music you need the news well we got it my name is aaron camaro joined as always by my main man the anchor man that's right it's chris sinzak what's going on brother you bringing the news
2: yeah we've got a few interesting things to touch on and uh anchor man thing makes me want to do my ron burgundy impression but i did that a few weeks back so i'll stop
1: <laughs> You should have a different quote from him every week. Cannonball.
2: <laughs>
1: Love that movie.
2: Um, yeah, so we, we got a few things. Uh, uh, first off, let me just say uh, thanks to those of you for the great feedback on the Kissmas in July shows. We've had yeah. a couple of great episodes, and, and it's been great that you guys are enjoying those. I appreciate that.
0: Yeah,
1: great shows, great guests. You guys made it happen. We decided we were going to do Kismas in July. I think we're doing it justice so far, but there's still a little bit of time left. I think we're going to do one more. Yeah. The VIPs know what we're talking about. They already got the preview, but we got one more Christmas in July coming for you.
2: Although technically, I guess it'll be Christmas in August for that
1: one. Because <laughs> yeah, we're almost well, at the end. We can stretch things out a little bit. I don't think anybody will mind.
2: I'll tell you what, you know, and as I've told Aaron off the air. Um, I've, you know, obviously I've I've tried to really do my due diligence in getting interesting guests. And some of those are ones that I've been making contact with and it's been maybes and my schedule doesn't work right now. So you're going to get KISS related stuff in the future and some really interesting guests going forward. I'll just say that.
1: Yeah. All the people we couldn't nail down in July that said, hey, hit me back in a month or two. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Including an albums unleashed on a KISS album
1: heck yeah man i can't wait for that one it's gonna be awesome
2: so first story today um nuno bettencourt i've i have thoughts on this so he made a he did an interview with planet rock and nuno like it's funny because like just up until a couple years ago i never really read or heard interviews with nuno i always assumed he was some quiet guy and then over the last couple of years he's kind of done more of the press and you know splitting the time with Gary and he's he's a lot more uh open to talk about stuff than I expected and he did this interview with Planet Rock but he says something and it turns into a whole shit storm and then he makes an apology for it. So okay. I'll I'll go through this. So if you don't know, you probably do, Nuno's main gig is he's Rihanna's guitar
1: player. That's still so weird to me.
2: Yeah, I mean, but he's a great player. He can do anything. Right, true. So he talks to Planet Rock, and he makes a quote, and he says, when somebody like Rihanna reaches out to you to perform, everybody thinks, oh, that's cute, it's a pop artist, whatever. And he says, let me tell you something. What I had to do night after night, put on a reggae hat for one song with a reggae feel and go into R&B, then go into some punk rock and pop rock that she did, and then club tracks, all sorts of things, all those different feels. And he says, I'm sorry most of the guitar players who I admire could not in their lifetime play that gig. I mean that in the most complimentary way possible. (laughs) And then he says, Slash is one of the greatest rock guitar players of all time, but I guarantee and he'd be the first to tell you that if he jumps up and he's got to play a clean intro to Rude Boy from Rihanna, it ain't happening.
1: I don't even know what that is. <laughs> I
2: don't. I, I. I've heard the song title "Rude Boy," but I couldn't tell you what it sounds like.
1: Okay, well, I understand what he's saying, though. I think.
2: But honestly, it's one of those things where that's his gig. So of course he's going to step up and defend that gig.
1: I suppose because all the rock and rollers all kind of chuckle at that and go, "Well, you know, it's that's got to be pretty easy money for him. You know, how hard can it be?" But he's saying. It's a lot harder than what you think.
2: Well, and I'm thinking, he's the guy with the gig, so he would know better than I would. So he says that, and then Richard Fortis, um, who plays in Guns N' Roses with Slash, decided to um, comment on this. And he says, you're crazy if you think Slash couldn't play that. I play with Slash every night. Slash can basically <laughs> play anything. And he was calling Nuno out for saying it. And
1: that's yeah. his right. Right, sure. No, I get where he's coming from, too, because, I mean, what do you think? Do you think Slash could do it?
2: Probably, but, like, this is an offhanded comment that Nuno made in an interview, and it's like, and then, like, and I'm fine with him making that comment. I'm fine with Richard Ford saying what he thought. That's fine. But at the same time, then Nuno comes back and has to clarify things and basically make an apology and he, he makes, and I'll read it, he says, Welp, I knew this was eventually coming. You can't be blessed and be on multiple guitar magazine covers at a shocking 56 years old. Get this much attention for your playing a new album as a rock guitarist without another guitarist stirring up some shit. Oh, no. And he says, I'm responding to this, not because I give a shit about what this guitarist thinks about me, but instead because I'd hate to think that my few words offended a hero of mine, slash, and possibly fuck up my relationship with him. And then he says, Richard, for- he, he tags... Richard Fortas and he says, I've respectively never heard you play one note in my 56 years of oh, being shit. alive and only know your name from the Rihanna camp as a repli- and as a replacement player in Guns, because Richard Fortas also played with Rihanna. Um, he says, I think you're a de- I'm sure you're a decent player, but y- did you really need to post a headline that made me look like I'm bad-mouthing a fellow player? As if I'd ever think Slash isn't capable of playing any Rihanna song in his sleep. He says, let's get something fucking straight. To me, Slash is one of the greatest guitarists of my generation and of all time, period. And Richard Ford says, if you knew me at all and where my heart is, you'd know what I meant in this statement was not about Slash or capability. It was about rock guitarists like myself or Slash switching genres and awkwardness of playing these these feels
1: no yeah, shit but that's not really what he said you know? he says
2: no shit slash can play these songs thank you so much for pointing that out as if we didn't already know that but for me as a predominant rock guitarist i'm obviously not as talented as you and found it a challenge oh, to nail all the different pockets and guitar tones of genres like reggae r&b electronic dance trap and pop as far as you shining a light on my ridiculous statement that slash would struggle yes a poor word choice on my part i personally would hope that slash who was a peer and influence would be, more mature, would be more mature enough to understand what I truly meant as a guitarist by that comment. Wow. And, and as, in mentioning Slash as an iconic rock example, I meant in general a rock guitarist would find it not a struggle, but, but feel like a fish out of water as a player. That's all I meant. I've had nothing but respect and admiration for Guns N' Roses and Slash. Apologies if I've unintentionally offended anyone. So it's kind of an apology, but it's a very passive-aggressive apology.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, he can come back later and say, that's not what I meant. But he specifically said, Slash will be the first one to tell you that he couldn't do this. Yeah. So, I mean, you did say it, you know? And then to have somebody else say, oh, that's bullshit. But I had no idea Richard Fortas played in in Rihanna 2. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I had no idea. I, just I didn't either
2: tell us all the story.
1: I just knew he was in Honky Toast at one time. Oh yeah, he was, wasn't he? Yeah, remember Honky Toast? They were pretty cool. Man, I'm sick and tired of guys like Tracy Guns and George Lynch making fun of me for being in Rihanna. Let me tell you something. You know, you guys think you're so cool, you rock and rollers. I'm a rock and roller too. I'm an extreme, but you guys couldn't do this shit. I mean, come on. Yeah.
2: And he goes on to, to do another another comment, and he's like really, he's kind of pissed off, and he's like, you know, I just did this stupid interview with Planet Rock, and everybody's blowing it out of proportion. Don't in future, don't ask me about Rihanna, don't ask me about Slash or Guns and Roses, or so. And then he's like, Richard, sorry, this is ridiculous. You had a right to def- to defend your bro, and it just, but it's like, why are we at this point now? It's like it, weird. I don't know. I, I wish more people, who get shade or whatever thrown at them from somebody else even if it's a peer just ignore it move on with your life why do we have to have an apology tour after something gets said
1: well because in the day and the age that we're in just like you and i really no different well much different level but no different you and i could get on here and talk some insane bullshit and you don't think our listeners would call us out on it i would hope that they would I mean, I know Billy Hardaway definitely would. He does that every week. Right. So, you know, but I'm talking about saying something totally ridiculous, kind of like Nuno did, to say Slash couldn't do this, and he'd be the first one to tell you. And then come back and be like, well, that's not what I meant.
2: Yeah, but to me, it's just like. People are going to call you out. If he loves Slash and he wants to make sure Slash is cool with him, just reach out to Slash directly. You know, why do we have to make everything a public spectacle?
1: Because of the day and the age that we live in, in the age of podcasting and the internet and all these things, you know, everybody's out there making statements all the time. How many people you think are on the Facebook right now making statements? Some of them valid, some of them ridiculous, you know, but when you put that stuff out there, then in this what we have now people can instantly react to it so it's not like back in the day where this would be in a magazine and then you might see i don't know where would you have seen it in like a two months later in the metal edge like Slash's guitarist richard fortis says says this to nuno betancourt now (laughs) it's three months later now today it's instant so you got to watch what you're saying because if you're saying stupid ridiculous stuff People are going to call you out on it. Oh, I get that. And then at that point, you've got two choices. You can either own it and say, hey, I said what I said. I love Slash. I think he's amazing, but he couldn't lick my balls. <laughs> or you say, you know, I'm sorry. that I didn't mean it to come out that way. Or you just move on. So you don't say nothing. Yeah, why not? So when I can't tell the difference between entombed and in enslaved hey i didn't bring
2: that up some a listener did
1: then i well exactly that's what i'm saying so i shouldn't come back and say hey i don't know the difference you know i'm dumb you know i thought one was the other and the other was the same but i was wrong and it was pointed out by so-and-so that's what you got to do you know when you in this age of putting yourself out there like if you want you don't want no one to know your opinions about shit don't do interviews Don't do podcasts. You know, don't do these things. Keep it to yourself. But if you put it out there and it's ridiculous bullshit, you can surely expect somebody's going to come back and tell you so. I will say this before we move on. One last thing real quick. If guys like Richard Fortis and Nuno Betancourt can play for Rihanna, why can't we put together some kind of petition that makes like Lady Gaga hire CeCe DeVille? to be in her band.
2: Well, I, I've said for years that I still think Lady Gaga, she's a real rock and roll fan. I would love to hear her actually try to do a rock and roll album.
1: Eh, could be something. Well, we said that about Dolly Parton, too, and look how all that turned out. Well, we're going to get to that in a little while. Okay, but I'm uh, telling you, that'd be <laughs> awesome.
2: <laughs> but I think Lady Gaga could pull it off.
1: If, if CeCe DeVille played for Lady Gaga, would you buy a ticket to go see her live? Yeah, probably. I would, too, if CeCe was (laughs) in the band. (laughs) Yeah, I see. Now, yeah, there we go. Hit us up in the comments section.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I haven't gone to see Rihanna live with uh, Nuno, but, you know, who knows? Um, Also, shout out to uh, Cobras and Fire. Have you heard their recent episodes where they uh, do their Stephen Michael impression?
1: Man, you know my week has been insane. I haven't had a chance to listen to any of my friends' podcasts in probably about two weeks, but I'll be catching up eventually.
2: They were talking about uh, you know, the the Extreme played on the Monsters of Rock cruise, and Nuno uh, actually injured his knee really bad in like a pickup basketball game on the cruise.
1: Oh, I did hear that. That was a few weeks ago. Oh,
2: my God. Where, like they're doing. I don't. They. Or Baco was like <laughs> something like step back. New no. Um, I love Stephen Michael, but their their impression of him is fucking hilarious. And yes, Baco, your impression is better than than LC's.
1: Wow. He called yeah. me after that. Nice. Good. <laughs> See, there it is in action again. Yeah. Insta- so
2: yeah, and here I am addressing it. So I'm a complete hypocrite.
1: You owe somebody an apology. Yeah, I do. My apologies <laughs> to um, the listeners, <laughs> yeah, to
2: everyone. Um, all right, so Nikki Six uh, made a very uh, ill-advised post on Twitter, and uh, it was funny who decided to comment on it. So uh, Metal Sludge, I'll give Stevie Rochelle credit for kind of breaking this story. Nikki Six put a tweet out that said, "Okay, here's a question: Why do bands fight with other bands?" It's kind of an innocuous question, but it also opens him up to basically be hammered, and that's what Phil Lewis from LA Guns decided to do.
1: Oh shit! (laughs) This ought to be good.
2: Phil Lewis's uh, comment under the tweet was, "That's easy. Some bands go to the trouble of mastering their craft, while others mime to to a background track. Bound to ruffle some feathers, eh?
1: Snap! Yeah, hell yeah, (laughs) Phil Lewis. That's awesome." (laughs)
2: I thought that was funny as
1: hell. That's awesome. See, I love it. Those are the perks of the age we live in. When those those instant reactions are something that actually make you go, hell yeah.
2: You know, that's not the first time that they had had a back and forth,
1: though. No, I don't think. I don't think L.A. Guns and Motley Crue have ever necessarily been pals. I guess not. Um,
2: I guess in April, Phil Lewis. Made headlines on the web saying, uh, I never liked them, and then called Motley Crue fucking atrocious.
1: Oh, wow.
2: And um, and then Stevie in this article mentioned some of the readers might recall an exchange we shared way back in 2012 between Six and Lewis. Uh, Lewis had taken a few quality shots at Six about the basis heroin diaries, and it seemed to have gotten back to the Motley Crue co-founder um, and... Nikki Six answered a tweet and called Lewis a sad little pumpkin. What? Yeah. Wow. So they these guys don't like each other much.
1: Burn. I guess.
2: I guess so. Sad little pumpkin. Sad little
1: pumpkin. Yeah. Those are that words hurt. You know.
2: <laughs> the best report, retort for Nikki Six would say, "Well, I heard the new L.A. Guns album, and that's that." But um, anyway, that's my opinion.
1: Well, and then you know, Nikki Six and Tracy Guns were in the Brides of Destruction together, and that first Brides of Destruction album was pretty damn good. And then it came time for the second one, and Nikki Six left the band hanging, split.
2: Yeah, I thought that band had potential.
1: Yeah, they did. That first album was good. The second one, it's got some moments on it, but it's not as good as the first one. And yeah, I was looking forward to it all, and I thought those guys had a good run in them, and in a time where. You know, Motley Crue or L.A. Guns. Neither one of them were really kings of the world at that point no more, but they were still coming out with good music. I don't know. That's pretty um, funny, though.
2: Although London LeGrand wasn't the greatest singer.
1: That's true. I wonder what ever happened to that guy. I nothing. bet he's in one of them other bands now.
2: I, don't, I haven't heard a thing about him in years.
1: Huh. i have to look into that. Maybe do an album's Unleashed on a Brides of Destruction album.
2: He might be a Walmart greeter for all I know. I don't know. Who knows? Um, another Nikki Six related story. Um, he made the big announcement, not really big, that there's going to be no changes on the set list for Motley Crue's upcoming U.S. shows.
1: Wow. How exciting. What yeah. exciting news. I can't wait to go get my Motley Crue ticket, especially if I saw him last time. That really excites me to go to, go to see Motley Crue again. We talked about this before, you know, where like Guns N' Roses is surprising people by throwing stuff in their set list that some of it they haven't played in a long damn time. And Molly Crew, here's an announcement for you fans. Fuck you.
2: <laughs> well, it wasn't so much an announcement. It was uh, somebody commented on one of his posts and said, hopefully an adjustment in the set list would love to hear some of the other killer songs you have. And then he said, the show is all worked out for this tour. Next time we go into rehearsals in 2024, for the next tour, we'll do all the set list and video changes.
1: Don't you know who you're talking to? We are Kiss Jr. Yeah. That's how we roll. We're not going to change our set list. We're not going to change anything. It's going to be exactly the same. And we still expect you to show up. We still expect you to buy a ticket.
2: Why do people go see them anymore? I, I I really don't get it.
1: Because at that level, nowadays there's nothing as good as shitty as it is.
2: No, there's tons of young bands they could go see for. Way I'm less talking money.
1: about on that level to go have the arena experience. People that love to go to the big arena shows. Yeah, I guess so. Who else? Who would you, What would you rather go see, Motley Crue or the Dixie Chicks?
2: right now i'd rather see the dixie chicks
1: <laughs> i'm sorry i'm still going to crew uh,
2: well i i don't know i won't be going anyway so what do i know
1: nah me neither unless of course there's some kind of opening acts that make it worthwhile
2: yeah they well definitely won't be rat because there's been shit talk between those camps too
1: everybody talks shit about motley crew nowadays yeah can't say so, they don't ask for it though
2: so let's talk Dolly Parton.
1: Oh, how Dolly Parton, the queen of country music and the queen of podcasting, broke our hearts with her new album. She even had us believing it was going to be something special. It had potential to be something amazing. But instead of going and getting CeCe DeVille in her band?
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, Rihanna took him already.
1: Yeah. we. Or Lady Gaga took him already. Yeah we uh we got what we got which was mostly a covers album with some special guests on and everything that one song kind of cool but i mean i don't know were our expectations just too high for dolly pardon to meet
2: yeah well i it, it, in that the story i was going to talk about is that the video for her cover of we are the Champions" slash we will rock you is going to be used for the 2024 olympic games which this kind of confirms what I was afraid of, that this whole thing is a marketing job. If you look at the track listing, there's a couple of original songs on here, but the vast majority are the biggest, most obvious hits you could imagine with the people that did them originally. And it's, to me, this album is going to be licensed to death over the next two years.
1: So you think the idea is we present a discounted version of we are the champions. We will rock you. That's a little cost, just a little bit less than the original, yeah. what the queen estate would get, what Freddie Mercury's estate or however that works.
2: I think, well, also Dolly Parton is kind of the in thing in person or in celebrity to worship right now. So, cause she's getting older. She got in the rock and roll hall of fame. She's a, you know, she's a bit of a hero to the challenged and, I like Dolly Parton. I think she's amazing. But at the same time, this could have been like a real original album with original material, but it comes off like a giant marketing ploy with all the covers on it. And this just confirms that it's going to be licensed out for commercials and events all over the world for the next two years. I guarantee it.
1: So you're saying no need to buy the album? You're going to hear it everywhere?
2: That's what I think. And everyone everyone is kissing her ass over this i the all the reviews and on twitter and like how how can you you can't say anything bad about dolly and i'm like i'm sorry what i've heard of this sucks even the song with rob halford i don't like it i think it's terrible
1: yeah yeah i didn't really care for it you that makes to me like a it.
2: hateful person so be it it's it's not a good song
1: well i mean it's just personal taste but i don't know it's one of those things where either if you say you're gonna make a rock album you either do it and do it right, you go all out, or don't do it at all. But we okay. set ourselves up for this every time one of these people from a different genre of music that is we're respected and loved, and they say, we're going to do a rock album. We did the same thing with Miley Cyrus. Remember <laughs> a
2: few years ago? I actually did dig a couple of tunes on that record
1: yeah okay well there you go but well i mean there was actual decent material but we really hyped ourselves up like this could be something really amazing if she goes all out and makes a true hard rock album they never do know, though but they never do and then we always say wow what what's what's it going to be like oh it sucks just like you should have known it was going to
2: yeah like don't worry about how it's going to be commercially received. Just if you really want to do a rock album, dive all the way in and do a real rock album. Otherwise, like I said, this is just the first step. This thing's going to be licensed everywhere.
1: Well, at least we never fell for that machine gun Kelly bullshit. We knew that was going to suck no matter what.
2: Yeah, I can't get into that.
1: No. Well, Dolly Pardon, you just stick to ruling music podcasting and country music and leave the rock to the rockers.
2: Well. And I'm sure we're gonna get called haters and then we're gonna have to make a public apology like Nuno and
1: yeah. Eh, might as well get it out of the way now. Sorry, Dolly Pardon. You're awesome. We love you. Dolly Pardon for president.
2: I bet the whole thing was Sammy Hagar's idea.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know it was. Yeah.
2: Although we just give him credit for stuff. I shouldn't give him blame.
1: That son of a gun.
2: That's another show's job.
1: Now he's back on my bad side again. Last Geek Wire, he got on my good side, and (laughs) now he got on my bad side. He's the one in the ear of Machine Gun Kelly, Dolly Parton, and Miley Cyrus going, you guys should do rock albums. Way to go. Way to go.
2: Oh, I didn't have this on our list, but um, just want to give a shout out to our buddies Ryan, Jeremy, and Phil because the... Rock City Machine Company album was officially released today.
1: Oh, you're going to step all over my segment, huh? I just want to...
2: Okay, we can cut that
1: out. Going to step all... No, we're leaving it in. Okay. Yeah, of course it's out. I'm excited for it. We got to hear it a long time ago. It's amazing.
2: Yeah, and the, they, they picked the right second single to put out, too.
1: What did they end up picking as a second single?
2: It's a, It's called The Last Time.
1: Yeah... Yeah, that's the one. I told you, Ryan. I told you that was the one. Yeah. It's awesome. I love that song. It's uh, If I'm not mistaken, Paul Taylor has a co-write on that song from Winger.
2: Okay. Oh, cool. And
1: uh, it's the one on the album that gave me the best Hair of the Dog vibes.
2: Yeah, it does sound like a Hair of the Dog song.
1: Because I talked to Ryan when he first sent this to us, and he, I gave him just kind of my thoughts on it, and I said, well, you know, first of all, it's you. So it's always going to kind of be like Hair of the Dog for me. And these songs, none of them seem too far outside the realm of what Hair of the Dog was. You know, it's just straight up hard rock. But, you know, like I said, there's there's songs in there that kind of remind you of Van Halen a little bit. There's but, And it's not Hair of the Dog because it's got Jeremy and Phil in it, too. You know, so it, it gives it its own unique thing. It's like Rock and Roll Residency, joins Hair of the Dog. Kind of like when we seen the Hair of the Dog tribute sort of show. It was kind of a reunion. It was it was Ryan getting to do those songs again. And this was years ago. One of the best things I ever got to see in my life. Like I never thought that I was going to get to see Hair of the Dog those songs played live ever again. And then those guys helped Ryan make it happen and it was an amazing show and it was great to hear those songs again. And I was such a huge fan of that band that anytime Ryan comes out with something, I got to get in on that because I'm such a huge fan of his because of the days of Hair of the Dog. And I know a lot of the listeners, if you're newer and haven't been with us for a long time, but we've been talking about Hair of the Dog forever. They were a band that came out in the late, very late 90s, early 2000s, had a run of three albums and in certain pockets in the United States, were the biggest band in the world. And one of those pockets was Central Wisconsin. And that's where I was a DJ at the time. And when I say they were the biggest band in the world in that area, that's no exaggeration. You'd go into the record store, and it was Inner Sleeve Records, and you always had posted the top-selling albums of the week. And it would be Hair of the Dog, number one. Then it'd be like Pearl Jam, Stone Temple Pilots, Corn, you know, all these like <laughs> bands that are huge everywhere else. But here, Hair of the Dog was number one over all those bands, you know, yep. Limp Biscuit, all that, you know, none of them could touch Hair of the Dog in central Wisconsin. So my heart is always, you know, hoping to hear more from Ryan. And man, I wish I knew what the other guys were up to. I think they've all gone on with lives, you know, and Ryan stuck with the rock and roll and God love him for it. Because to this day, not only is he playing and singing in Ace Fraley's band, but he's doing stuff like this. And again, you know, we talk about rock and roll and keeping it alive. These guys are not millionaire rock stars. They're the real thing. You know, they're doing it because they love it. Ryan could have went and got a job somewhere, you know, working. any. That guy could do anything, I got a feeling, and be successful at it. But his heart is in rock and roll. That goes with Phil and Jeremy, both former guests of the show. You guys know them well. They're the real deal. You don't get to be in the Gene Simmons band and the Ace Fraley band if you're not the real thing. And these guys, 100%, you know, I consider all three of them Awesome friends. I know you feel the same. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, we'd do anything to support these guys. So when we're telling you right now that this album is out and you should get it, it's at lindsleyrecords.com. You can get the LP. You can get the CD, whatever you want. If Ace Fraley's coming to your town, get a ticket to go see him there. And then check him out at the merch booth because they'll be selling the Rock City Machine Company CD there. So, Hell yeah, man. Rock and roll? Is it dead? mm Hell no. Not by a long shot. Not when bands like this are creating music and releasing it to us, rock and rollers, to love and enjoy. So get your hands on that. I don't even feel bad that you walked all over my segment and brought <laughs> just, this up early because uh, it's important.
2: I, I thought they deserved a little shine. And, and also, there's a uh, the record release party is officially next week. I think I'm going to go to that and, uh, nice. and tell them how much I love it. But no, I just... I love those guys, and I'm so glad that their original material is getting out there. And I I highly recommend it. It's really good, and also, bang up job by Marty Fredrickson producing it. It sounds great. Yeah,
1: yeah, it sounds fantastic. It sounds like like the albums used to sound like like the stuff Michael Wagner did. You know, when it it's all layered beautifully and everything rocks in its own space, and it's all combined into one. Mm, I love it. It makes me feel good that rock and roll is alive and well in 2023 and we're here to enjoy it
2: and that um uh that that cover of rambling gambling man is, i love is, it is killer
1: i love it i love the whole thing but yeah that is awesome i teased you guys a long time ago to tell you there was a really really cool cover on there and that's the one it's badass so you want to talk ozzy i am always down to talk about the prince of freaking darkness
2: so he did um, the latest episode of SiriusXM's Ozzy Speak. I guess it's a podcast that Ozzy does. I didn't know this was a thing. Um, oh, He wow. co- does it with Billy Morrison.
1: Wow. Oh, nice. That's cool.
2: Yeah. So, And I, I have a Sirius, um subscription. I need to start listening to this. I didn't even know it was a thing. No, me uh, either. He gave a health update. It was the first time that he's discussed his medical issues since he canceled the power trip appearance. And said regarding how he was doing with his health at the moment, he said, I'm battling through it. For instance, last Monday, I went to have a filter removed because I had the blood clots in my legs. Oh, damn. They they put a filter in your artery to stop the blood clots going to your heart and your brain. He says, it sounds worse than it is. So on Monday, I went to have it removed. The blood clots have jammed you all up. So they put a thing down there in my neck straight down to my groin. Dang and uh he went on to express frustration over a long list of health issues he's had including COVID 19 more than a year ago he says just disappointment after disappointment just get this thing fucking done so i can get on with my life um it just it blows me away though that even now he's still in the mindset of i just want to get through this so i can get back on stage
1: yeah oh yeah that's ozzy
2: that i mean he and i it was funny i for some reason, I was on Hulu the other night, and I just decided to watch the A and E biography on Ozzy. Did you see that?
1: I'm sure I have.
2: It it's so it was made like a year ago. It is, and I it was a, my second time watching it, but I watched it again, and it's just um, I'm going to defend Sharon Osbourne for a second. Um, everybody loves to say Sharon wants to prop him up and force him out on stage. That's not the case at all.
1: No, uh-uh. he, We've said he this d- before.
2: He is not sane unless he's actively touring. That's just his the way he is, or in um, the studio. Yeah, as like music is literally that guy's life. Um, but it's it was heartening to watch because <clears throat> it goes over all the insanity with Black Sabbath, all the early solo years with you know biting the head off the bat, chewing the dove's head off, and the the, the Alamo. Everything it covers it all, um, but it gives a good glimpse into his private life too. And um, I just I hope he's around a lot longer. I don't know that he will be. I uh, and I tell you what, I watching that I'm like, man, when he goes, that's going to be like one of the saddest days in rock and roll.
1: Oh man, I don't even want to think about it.
2: It's just, but it was kind of hitting me when I was watching, and I was like, man, I feel like I'm trying to prepare myself for it. And Ozzy is not even in my top five, but as people in rock and roll, he might be number one as far as personalities.
1: Yeah, you can't top Ozzy Osbourne, man. He he is, yeah, he's top five for me, for sure. Like, we, I always make the joke about, you know, if the almighty power came down and so said you could only choose one band or artist, I always cheat and I say Ace Frehley. Now I get all the Ace Fraley Kiss stuff and all Ace Fraley solo stuff. If yeah. that's all I could have, I'd be happy with that. And if they said, no, choose somebody else, it'd be Ozzy. I want all his Sabbath and all his solo stuff. I think I could be happy with that.
2: Or also just looking back at you know th- there's footage on there of Sabbath in 1969 and 70 and I was you know telling my daughter who I was watching it with I'm like you know she's like you know and she knows paranoid she's not a big rock and metal person but even right. she's like oh I know that song and I'm like can, think about this that came out in 1970 what the right. fuck else came out in 1970 that sounded like that? Nothing. Nothing. They literally invented a genre.
1: Pretty much. Pretty much. You know, what Zeppelin kind of started, with the later Beatles even kind of started and took it to a whole new level.
2: Yeah, because it was so different than those. You know, because so Zeppelin heavy. was... I know that Sabbath was originally a blues band, but... I think they transformed from that blues background and made something way more innovative than anyone else had.
1: All those English bands from that era were all basically blues bands, you know. Listen to, you know, the kind of covers that the Beatles were doing and the obviously the covers that the uh, Zeppelin was doing. And the Stones, that comes from the blues, you know. And it all originates in the blues in England because that's what's popular with the people of that age group, the young rockers at that time. And, you know, it all distorts from the blues. And everyone will tell you, you know, the very, very roots of rock is that, you know, those riffs. To take that and make it into what, I mean, in Tony Iomi, I mean, that whole band, all four of them are so good.
2: Yeah, but like make. the in the circumstances that led to what that sound became. I mean, if Tony Iommi hadn't cut off part of his fingers, right? Who knows what it would have sounded like? And then something I didn't pick up when I watched that A uh, and E biography for Ozzy the first time was talking about um, they were rehearsing and they were just doing blue twelve bar blue standards in their rehearsal space, but there was a movie theater across the street that was showing horror movies and they had lines of people out the door to go see these horror movies. And they had the idea of why do people keep queuing up to, to see all these horror movies? And they're like, wait, why don't we write scary songs? Yeah. So that movie theater is kind of responsible for black Sabbath.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And horror movies.
2: Yeah. Isn't that crazy?
1: Crazy. Awesome.
2: Yeah. But it just, yeah, if you haven't watched, that's something I'll recommend. Uh, if you have Hulu, you can watch it on there. It's 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 really, really well done.
1: Man, God bless Ozzy Osbourne. May he live forever.
2: That's right. Um, this is just a funny story to touch on real quick. Um, this isn't going to be a big thing, but I'm sure anyone listening to podcasts knows who Joe Rogan is and knows that he's one of the biggest shows on earth, whether you like him or not, one of the biggest shows on earth. I think he's
1: uh, all right. I think he's cool.
2: Some certain interviews he does, I like. Um, if you if you are into three and a half hour discussions, it's great. Yeah, that's
1: the tough part. <laughs> yeah,
2: but um, he shared a photo. Um, I think it was on Instagram. It's a photo of him and Axel Rose together, and the caption was, "Was in Greece on vacation and randomly ran into Axel Rose at a restaurant." Wow. And he says he invited us to see Guns N' Roses in Athens, and it was fucking amazing. They went amazing. They went hard for three hours in the blazing heat, and the crowd was incredible. If you have a chance to see them, I can't recommend it enough, blah, blah, blah. But if you see the photo, and I would encourage all of our listeners, go online and look for the photo of Joe Rogan and Axel Rose. Joe looks thrilled as hell to be there, and Axel looks incredibly miserable.
1: <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Maybe you can sneak that one into the artwork. Uh,
2: yeah, I'll have to. I'll, maybe I'll make that like one of the squares in the artwork. Yeah, or
1: split the squares. <laughs> yeah.
2: Axl Rose looks so unhappy to be having his photo taken. It's just so wow. funny. Um, well, right, we only have a few stories left. Do you want to okay. do your segment?
1: Yeah, most definitely. we we'll take a little look to the future, to the present, and to the past with Rockstar Birthdays, Rockstar Death Days, and albums to look forward to, except for the ones that haven't been spoiled already.
2: <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll issue an apology immediately.
1: Okay, good. That's what I was waiting for. I deserve that. <laughs> <laughs> let's see where to begin. Let's do... Let's it's all do. your fault. new no, no. No, no. I can't do it. So good. All right, Rockstar Birthdays. Let's kick it off like this. We got some friends that we want to say happy birthday to, a couple of rock stars mixed in here. This, it's funny. This I haven't updated this like I should, so I'm certainly missing people, but it's really kind of just a list of our friends <laughs> with a couple of rock stars in there.
2: We're going to pull a netty trunk.
1: Yeah, these are all people that we personally know. <laughs> happy birthday, Jerry Soup. From the Mark and Jerry BS Sessions, he celebrated a birthday back on the 25th. We're a little bit out of time on this, but catching back up. Friend of the show, Ryan McKay, celebrated a birthday on the 26th. Also on the 26th, Tom Gigliotti celebrating a birthday on the 26th.
2: Shout out Loudcast.
1: Heck yeah. And good friend of ours. Here's another one. Bobby Dreyer from the Kiss Room celebrated a birthday on the 29th. Good friend of ours, got to hang out at Rockin' Pod this last year. Loved it. Here's another one, Derek Novak. Man, love that dude. He's been our friend for a long, long time. Another great supporter of the Decibel Geek podcast. Here's somebody else that surely loves the show a whole lot. It's Getty Lee from Rush celebrating her birthday on the 29th. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> Never know. Never know. This is a guy I've always wanted to have on the show. Probably would do it pretty easily, I would think but haven't really ever nailed it down. Used to be Ace Fraley's guitarist. Even played guitar on a Stabbing Westward album. Derek Hawkins celebrated a birthday on the 31st. Happy birthday to you. Uh, Joe Elliott from Def Leppard. Well, we creep into August a little bit, I suppose. Here, let me just give you all the ones on August 1st birthdays. Joe Elliott, Susie Gardner from Vixen. Well, used to be, she ain't in Vixen no more, is she? Janet Gardner. Well, who's Susie Gardner?
2: I don't know who Susie Gardner is.
1: Never mind. Happy birthday, Susie. I don't know either. (laughs) Uh, Happy birthday, whoever you are, Susie. I'm going to have to look into that, if that's a typo, or if there's somebody named Susie Gardner whose birthday is on the first.
2: Leave that in the edit.
1: Yeah. No, I'm not editing none of this shit. (laughs) If you didn't know, you probably figured it out by now. We're actually recording on a Friday night, having a few beers and getting loose. So, there you go. Happy birthday, Susie.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and we're not apologizing for it either.
1: Not this time. Uh, also on the first, our old buddy Jim Coon. You know Jim Coon. He was one of the brothers that hung out with Rock and Ron. They did their video show. That was almost drama at one time. Ron was, like, <laughs> really worried that he was going to hurt our feelings by, you know, no, how'd that work? No, he wanted to call their show Decibel Geek TV. And I was That's like, right. Hey, Hang on a second, Ron, you know, and he was like, "Well, it'll just be like an offshoot, it's not the same." I said, "Yeah, but if you call it Decibel Geek TV, going to be
2: looking for us."
1: <laughs> and it's not me and Chris, that's not going to work, you know, and I was I stressed over that because I didn't want to hurt Ron's feelings cuz he was so excited about it. But then once I explained it to him, he's like, "Yeah, that makes sense. We should probably call it something else." I said, "Beautiful." I'm just glad and he
2: said, didn't call it Rock and Ron's Decibel Geek TV.
1: I would have been okay with that. That mm-hmm. I would have been fine with. It actually would have been funny because it would have yeah. gone in line with all the other uh, the offshoot bands. Yeah, yeah, I would have been okay with that, but uh, it ended up being the Wolf Den, and that that stuff's still on the Decibel Geek uh, Decibel Geek TV YouTube channel. Yeah, so go back in the archives and that and check out Jim and his brother. They did some really cool stuff back then. Ron was doing something pretty cool with those guys, and it was always a lot of fun.
2: Yeah, Ron really stretched. Um, it was them getting drunk and talking rock.
1: exactly yeah this is this
2: is me still busting rock and ron's
1: balls (laughs) (laughs) oh man god bless rock and ron and happy birthday jim coon man good Good friend all right also on the first here's another friend of ours neil mikey listener of the show for quite a while chimes in on the decibel geek community and stuff once in a while i get messages from him cool dude uh, let's see. Who else? We're rolling into into August now. Butch Vig on the second. James Hetfield on the third. Hey, here we go. Shea Hargit celebrating a birthday on the third. Heck Local yeah. guy
2: that we uh, owe a hang to. He's invited us several times.
1: Down in Lewisburg, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, we need to go out there one night and hang out.
1: Yeah, could do that. Um, on the first, uh, nope, that's it. Hey, let's call that good. Those are your rock star birthdays. Yes, mostly our friends, but we don't care. Happy birthday, rock stars. All right, so here are the people to remember this week. Not a huge list this time, you know? And I I feel good always about this list because I think I'm pretty thorough on this one. As far as the birthdays, there's just so many to try to keep up with. But death days, I think I'm on top of it. So we're gonna go back a little bit To the 27th. Last time we left off with Mike Howe from Metal Church, that was on the 26th. So, on the 27th, back in 2001, at the age of 49, old school, original Leonard Skinner bassist Leon Wilkerson. That guy survived the 1977 plane crash. And then, of course, you know Leonard Skinner's done for a while, but he joins up with his buddies and bandmates in the in the uh, in the Rosington Collins band. And then, when the new Leonard Skinner becomes a thing with uh, little brother Van Zant, then he's back in there with them. So he lives a I mean, you say a pretty long life, but damn, he died at forty nine, so not really. God, he must have been so young. When he was in Skynyrd, he had to have been the baby of the group, right?
2: Yeah, I would think so.
1: If he was 49 in 2001, the guy was a lifelong drinker and had a lot of health issues when he died in his sleep on the 27th back in 2001. 49, man, that's, that's pretty young. But geez, you got to figure surviving a plane crash probably knocks more than a few years off your life. Yeah. Let's see, here's one, man, this one made me real sad. Also on the 27th, back in 2021, not that long ago, but I mean, it's been a couple of years already, man, bums me out on the 27th at the age of 72, the world lost the man who was the bass player and co-lead vocalist of ZZ Top from day one, talking about the one and only Dusty Hill. Yeah, that was a tough one, man, because that dude's an icon
2: lived here in Nashville
1: yeah i did not know that
2: yeah and i it, it's funny I, i've mentioned it in the past but the guy the guy that taught me guitar when i was like 12 and 13 um it would always do de- it would be me bringing in motley Crue and poison songs to learn yeah. and he would teach them to me but then it would devolve into him playing billy gibbons riffs because he loves easy top hell yeah and at the time i didn't appreciate it but as i've gotten older i i man i those 70s zz top albums are they're timeless records
1: we grew up in the wrong era to truly appreciate zz top we grew up in the mtv era of legs and sharp dressed man and all that and don't get me wrong those songs are cool but we also came up in the uh what was the album after the afterburner we came up in the afterburner (laughs) era too you know and and ZZ Top's a band, <clears throat> excuse me, and ZZ Top is a band that definitely has eras. So they started out, but then by 1976, they end up taking, like, a couple-year break. Did you know that during that break time, when, they, when ZZ Top was down, Dusty Hill took a job in the Dallas airport?
2: I didn't know that
1: just to get a feel of what real life was like because all he ever did was play bass and zz top and travel around so then when they take that break in 76 he gets a job at the airport people say aren't you dusty hill and he says, what what why would i be here working at the airport if i was dusty hill <laughs> i go, well you know makes sense and on their way they go but it's yeah it's actually dusty hill Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know that either. I just thought I'd throw that in there. It's a pretty interesting little fact. I didn't know it. I should have saved it for a Beat the Geek episode. Yep, there goes that question. Yeah, I'll have to ask it to your opponent. Hopefully they're listening tonight. Um, Yeah, poor Dusty Hill. That guy had a lot of health issues towards the end, and he fought them all off for a long, long time. But he died at home at the age of 72. What a legend. And a lot of us know today his son Danny Hill Plays drums in Enough's Enough. I don't know
2: that he's actually a son. I think Chip just says that to get a reaction.
1: Is that true?
2: I think that's what I. Jason Herman, who now plays in Enough's Enough, uh, I think he told me that. He was like, I don't think he's really Dusty's son. He chips his crazy ass chip. (laughs) (laughs) I believed it too when I saw him live. I'm like, oh, wow, that's cool. I think I was talking to Jason. He's like, he's not really his son.
1: Wow, chips enough trolled us all. That son of a gun, he's awesome. I had no idea. That's a joint, brother. As a matter of fact, I gotta imagine that half buzzed, I probably have said to Danny, I'm a big fan of your dad.
2: He's <laughs> probably like, my dad was an insurance salesman.
1: Oh man, that is amazing. Chips enough somewhere, his heart is smiling. He loves it. You got us all. I believe that for a long time.
2: <laughs> never trust a guy whose original stage name was Chip St. Chocolate.
1: <laughs> Holy shit, that's awesome. Wow. Okay, never mind. Dusty Hill. Iconic legend.
2: This is a stirring tribute.
1: <laughs> yeah, wow. That's awesome, though. All right, time to get serious because... If there was such thing as the Decibel Geek Hall of Fame, this man would be a first year of eligibility entrant top of the list. We lost him back on the 30th in 2014. I venture to say this man had a huge influence on us as interviewers, I would say. Because... I'll never forget the times that we got to talk to the legendary Dick Wagner. Oh yeah. Passed away back in 2014 at the age of 71. This is another tough one here, too, because this guy was special to us. Like, we were intending to have him back on again because we had him on twice, right?
2: Yeah, we did like a full career type talk first right. and then did the and- Dada Episode.
1: Yeah, then the dot episode. Man, it was so cool. One of the greatest things that I've ever seen in my life. Probably the thing that justified to me why Chris and I do what we do on this show was to see a little tear in the eye of this massive guy. And to look at him, he's like he's got an intimidating like kind of vibe about him. Like better be cool. You're in the presence of something really great here. And to sit and talk to him and be so blown away by the fact that this guy has done so much and has been a part of so many amazing things and is probably one of the most unsung guitar heroes of them all. Unless you know, then you know how awesome he is. But then to be talking to him about the Dada album and have a little see a tear, a little tear in his eye, and I'm not exaggerating about this., he had a little tear in his eye. It was kind of taken aback that we cared that much about something like that, like him, his career. There was people out there. It made him realize there are people out here that you are revered by. You know and I I know he knew but you know what I'm talking about right mm-hmm. yeah. I know he knows how revered he is I know he's got to know when he's saying this when this is because when this is happening in front of us but it just in my heart I go this is why we fucking do this show you know because long after we're all dead Somebody can listen to this interview with Dick Wagner about this Alice Cooper album, Dada, that came out back in the 80s after we're all dead. Well, and
2: I think the another thing that underscores why we do the show, and this is not us patting ourselves on the back because it's just it was it was something we realized as we did it because, you know, Dick played on. Aerosmith's "Get Your Wings" and yeah. uh, you know, Kiss "Destroyer" and, yeah. and obviously with Dallas Cooper, he played on "Schools Out" and some big records. Yeah, um, "Welcome to My Nightmare." You know, those are the big things he's known for. But I could tell that when we talked to him about "Dada," because honestly, it was Alice's music from the Elder. It bombed horribly. It didn't right. didn't sell anything. And it's such an oddball record, but at the same time, we both appreciated the artistic part of it. And it was a th- it, he was on this book tour because he was promoting his book and he was doing these little shows, and it it was like just it was a big reflective time for him. But I I could tell that everything kind of caught up with him when we talked to him the next day after the show, and and went over the how much we appreciated the music and I still stand by the the solo and Pass the gun around as one of the yeah. best rock guitar solos ever 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 created. Oh yeah. And um, that's what got to him. I could tell he was, and that's one thing you sometimes forget with these albums is, you know, th- even if something doesn't sell, that doesn't mean they didn't put their heart into it. And I could tell he really put his heart into that record because Alice was in rough shape during that time. Yeah. So I d- honestly think he shouldered the load on getting that record done because Bob was a mess too, Bob Ezrin.
1: Oh, yeah they were all fucked up except for yeah. dick wagner uh, he was probably a little buzzed himself <laughs>
2: yeah i mean i think he drank and did and probably smoke pot and stuff but he wasn't doing as much coke as everyone else was because coke was alice's drug of choice at that time yeah and i, I could tell it it meant a lot to him to kind of revisit that so
1: No, um, well, that was that was all you man you know you're the one that said dot i'd never even heard that album before at that point yeah and you're like look we could talk to him about welcome to my nightmare but everybody's done that like but there's this one album and it's called Dada. have you ever heard it i'm like no i don't know even know what that is and this is another testament to doing this show like how much my musical knowledge and and you know caring about different bands and things has grown since we started this at the time, I never even heard that album. And now it's like, I own every Alice Cooper album at this yeah. point, all these years later, you know, and I know everything about Alice Cooper, I feel like to a certain point, but um, yeah. So I like said, just not even knowing the album, like based on that pitch that you gave me, I was like, no, that actually makes perfect sense to me. You know, why talk about the same rehash shit that everybody else is going to want to talk to him about? Let's talk to him about something weird and then i immediately got on the amazon or the ebay i forget which and ordered it like immediately and got it shipped to the house, and started listening to it and then it was like holy shit this is a crazy album there's some really cool stuff on here
2: yeah there i mean and it's a mixed bag record cuz there are oh, there yeah. are things on there where they're playing around with syn- synthesizers and all kinds of weird shit so it's not I don't think it's a perfect album. There's definitely some clunkers on it as far as my taste goes. I don't know yours too.
1: Yeah, but, it's a it's a blackout era album yeah, for sure. But,
2: <laughs> but the great stuff is really great. Yeah. And um a couple interesting things I heard about this, um the the I, I found some I'm on an Alice Cooper group and they posted like the original press release for it. Did you know Dyslexia was initially the um the choice for the lead-off single for that record? Really? Yeah which I'm like, that's the last song I would have picked to, to lead yeah. off that record. Yeah. Um. And then wow. another thing I heard, I was listening to an old Mitch Lafon, and at the time, Russ Dwarf was co-hosting with Mitch. Oh, nice. And they start talking about Alice, and Russ actually mentions that when the Killer Dwarfs were recording their first record uh, in Canada, they recorded at Phase One Studio in Toronto, and they were in the the room next door to Alice and Bob Ezrin recording "Dada" at Phase oh, One. Wow. Oh wow! Yeah, so I kind of want to talk to Russ and say, "What do you remember about that?"
1: That'd be cool because
2: there's I a lot like, of mist. There's still even with what we uncovered, there's still a lot of mystery around that record.
1: Like nothing, they never came out. You know, you'd see Dick <laughs> Wagner once in a while, and the other two were behind curtains. All you could hear was the sound of sniffing.
2: Yeah, it was like we heard a lot of sniffing. <laughs>
1: Well, and lighters flicking too, as right. Dick Wagner told us. He wasn't just sniffing. His they were I mean, everybody that knows those albums knows. Mm. And to think that they were gonna use dyslexia as their single that's off weird. that album, they were on a lot of bad, bad drugs back then. <laughs> uh, yeah. Not not the fun stuff, you know? Not the fun stuff. The stuff you kinda have to do after a while.
2: Yeah, that's a bizarre song. <laughs>
1: yeah. That would have not, yeah, that's, well, it didn't do anything anyway, so I guess no. it wouldn't have hurt it, but it certainly wouldn't have helped it.
2: Yeah, Warner Brothers didn't push it. But, uh, but, yeah, Dick Wagner, still think about him pretty regularly.
1: Yeah, me too. Left a huge impact on us. If you guys haven't heard those episodes, go way, way back in the archives and check out both those Dick Wagner episodes. Some of our finest work, if I do say so myself, but that was mostly because of him. Let's see, what else do we got? I don't know if I want to go on anymore after that one. <laughs> yeah, fuck it. Let's just do all the rest next time. We'll have an extra, extra long one next time with a bunch of people we're definitely going to miss. But yeah, man, God bless Dick Wagner and Dusty Hill and Leon Wilkerson. Bust you out some old Leonard Skinner this week. If you're in the kind of a country rock sort of mood, I recommend the Rosington Collins Band. I actually kind of dig it. There's some cool mellow stuff on there I like. And, of course, if you're going to go with the ZZ Top, I say go way back. Go way back in ZZ Top or go way current.
2: Yeah, I would do Fandango or Tejas and La Fatura for the newer stuff.
1: Yeah, it's all good. And we got another ZZ Top album supposedly, hopefully,
2: coming our way. With Dusty on it, I saw that.
1: Yes, with Dusty Hill on it. The last recordings of Dusty Hill on his ZZ Top album. It's another cool thing. Dusty Hill knew his health was going down. He actually chose his own replacement. So nobody could ever get mad and be like, you're not as good as Dusty Hill. Because that dude would be like, Dusty told me to do this. And you would be like, oh, okay then.
2: All right.
1: Yep, and uh, of course, Dick Wagner. Chris said it. Aerosmith, Kiss, Alice Cooper. He's got some really cool solo stuff too. His old band, The Frost. I actually found a couple of Frost CDs. I mean, it's it's old school 60s stuff, but it's got that Detroit dirtiness to it. And it's kind of heavy and pretty cool. The Frost, I'm telling you. Check it out. All right, so we got the birthdays taken care of. Now you know who you got to think about and remember this week. So let's talk about albums coming our way. This is why I'm upset because you stole my pick here, but... <laughs> I only had two, and that was the Rock City Machine Company. And on the fourth, Wolfie Van Halen's Mammoth has got a new album coming out. Have you heard the, the single? I mean, it's all right. Have you heard the solo in the single? Solo, the guitar solo's cool, but the yeah. songs, I don't know. It's it's weird, because when I hear Wolfie Van Halen, Mammoth songs, I think... Sounds like it should be getting played on radio. In the small instances when I'm listening to my local rock station, I don't ever hear that getting played on the radio. So it's built to be played on the radio. It's produced to be played on the radio. But are radio stations playing it?
2: No, because they don't give a shit. I mean, I, I don't know. I, don't listen, uh, I guess the buzz would play it if they were going to, but I, I don't listen to them enough to know.
1: I don't think so.
2: It sound the the song sound that I heard sounds like the first album, which is kind of Creed Nickelback, you know, modern '90s rock stuff.
1: That's what I mean. Built for radio.
2: Yeah, but but the solo, he said in an interview, interview that he used his dad's gear, is that guitar and amps to yes. so like the solo is the Brown sound. It's really yeah, he, great.
1: We talked about this on the last Geekwire. I yeah. love that. I wish he would do that on every song. But you know what? I'm a I'm in my 40s, so I'm of the demographic where you just wish the guy would be able to play Van Halen songs, you know? And you know that's wrong. And In my heart, I know that's wrong to put that kind of expectation on him. You're Eddie Van Halen's son. You've got a legacy to carry on. We weren't ready to lose Eddie yet, so now we're depending on you to pick up your dad's torch where he dropped it and carry it on for us. I know that's wrong to say that, you know, but deep down in my heart isn't that what we all want
2: (laughs) well everyone our age yeah it's selfish i know that's most of his audience yeah
1: Yeah. it's selfish of us to want that i know but you got to know you know man if if eddie van halen wasn't your dad i don't know that anybody would care about your band no so what you're relying on is fans of your father so Give the people what they want, you know? <laughs> you pick up that strat and you don't ever put it down. I agree. But, I mean, that's selfish and wrong of us to ask. So, Wolfie, just do your thing, brother. Yep. And that's all I got. That's all I got for new albums. I know there's probably more.
2: but uh, it's A c- couple d- new Eclipse singles out. Check yeah? those out. Okay.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, they've got an album coming out in... September yeah
2: it's coming soon I'm it's a little lighter though that's the only thing I don't like about it. it's not quite as heavy as the earlier stuff so I'm not sure I like it but it's a little little lighter
1: yeah so far that I'm aware of I know we've got new Danko Jones still coming this year new Guar album coming uh that might be a reissue of something else that Eclipse got a new Udo album coming uh Hurricane let me ask you about that have you seen that Hurricane is back
2: I saw that they have a new album out, but I haven't listened to it yet.
1: Uh, it's not out yet. It's coming out in August on the 25th, but they've released at least one single. I yeah. seem, seem pretty cool.
2: Yeah, um, I have to listen to it. I haven't listened to that one yet. But um, although the drummer sent me a friend request, I probably should accept it. Yeah. Don't be such a snob. I'm not. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just busy. I'll make, I'll make another public apology to him.
1: All right, good.
2: Yeah, but no, Eclipse came out. I was, but I was listening to kind of a playlist um, with you know uh, Fortune Child and some uh, f- bands that we've played recently on the show. Florence Black, uh, Formosa. Uh, they just there's so many there's so many good bands out there, guys. Just look for them.
1: Yep, they're out there, and you know, Christmas in July's got to end sometime. So you know, we'll be coming back with more fresh blood for you. So. We're always on the cutting edge. We like to keep our eyes open for things. So,
2: uh, a couple more stories to finish it off. Um, not a big deal. We call, kind of expected this. Wasp has canceled the rest of their twenty twenty three U.S. tour due to wacky Lawless's back. I should say Backy Lawless's um, extensive back injuries. Yeah, B A C K. All I need's my back machine.
1: I hate it for him. I hate it for him, but, you know, that's that's age. But kudos to him for trying. It was really Wasp that kind of paved the way for Ugly Kid Joe to come back to the United States because Wasp got out there and proved that a band at about that level could succeed on a tour of the United States. Yeah. And so, I mean, you got to give it up to Blackie and the boys for that because, you know, you wouldn't think that a Wasp show might not do that good in 2023 but actually it did good enough to inspire other bands to also come back and say you know what if wasp can do it there's no reason we shouldn't be able to do it too
2: yeah i was hoping to go to the the show in memphis at Graceland that was the one i was kind of targeting yeah and i wanted to do i wanted to see i wanted to see wasp but i especially wanted to see armored saint and and do their meet and greet cuz they had a really cool vip package going and I, I was going to do that, so hopefully it gets rescheduled because I I do want to see that show.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Back injuries are a tough thing to come back from.
2: Yeah, um, Paul McCartney has announced a new podcast called McCartney: A Life in Lyrics. Can you, did you ever think when we started this show that Paul McCartney would be getting into the podcast game?
1: Back when we started it, no, we- I. I didn't imagine any famous people doing podcasts back when we started ours. Like, I was like, we're going to be famous podcasters. And then we realized, oh, there's podcasters that just bring their massive fame with them and automatically become famous podcasters. (laughs) True. But, you know, we're the little guys, but we've been slugging it out all these years with the best of them and the most famous of them. Yeah, you might be famous for being a beetle and shit, but that don't mean your podcast is going to be worth nothing.
2: I can't wait to hear Paul McCartney <laughs> doing live reads for erection
1: pills. It comes in just a little blue pill.
2: Yeah. Um, That's
1: funny. Hey, Dolly Parton, you're in trouble now.
2: Yeah, Dolly Parton, Paul McCartney, and Robert Plant, all in the podcast world. Never yeah. thought that would have happened.
1: One, two, and three. Yeah. <laughs> Is this a Pantheon podcast that Paul McCartney's part of? Unfortunately
2: no, although Metallica no, uh, Metallica's is doing a Pantheon podcast.
1: There you go. See? Paul McCartney, that's your one mistake you should have got with Pantheon before you did this. Yeah.
2: Show so called Decibel Geeks on there too.
1: Yeah, all the best.
2: <laughs> um, I wanted to touch on this. I don't know how into this subject you are. Um Blink 182's Tom DeLong, who uh kind of got ridiculed for years over his interest in UFOs, um, has kind of gotten validated this week. Did you see this story?
1: No, but there's a lot of talk about UFOs going on right now.
2: Well, you know, a few years ago Tom DeLong started a thing called to the St- I think it was called To the Stars Academy, and it was him and several people from the government or that were formerly in the government trying to get disclosure on UFOs from the government and everyone laughed at him for years over this. And I didn't because I've always been fascinated by this subject. Yeah. Well, there was a congressional hearing this week with um a whistleblower named David Grush and who was a war- He was a part of the UAP, which is Unidentified Aerial Phenomena. It's not UFOs anymore. Right. It's, yeah. it's UAP.
1: Got to make it confusing so people don't talk about it so much.
2: Yeah. And he worked for that department for the Pentagon. And then also a couple of very high-level pilots for the Navy and the Air Force, I believe, that have, like, if you've seen a story about the, quote, Tic Tac UFO that was filmed off San Diego in 2004, yeah. That footage got released by the New York Times last year and basically all three of these guys confirmed that UFOs are real. Yeah. They are not of this earth and we are not alone. And uh and Tom DeLonge got credited by one of the pilots for the 2 the Stars Academy helping provide information to uh, solidify this.
1: That's awesome.
2: And it's crazy because people are not really talking about this.
1: For so long, I think they were worried that if they said, hey, we found UFOs and we've got bodies from things that aren't human, that don't come from this planet, and they were scared that people were just going to freak out and it would be mass chaos everywhere. But I think what we've come to realize now is that most people, they hear that stuff and go, I don't want to think about it. There's nothing I can do about it anyway. I don't even want to think about it. I do though. I do too, you know, <laughs> and I gotta imagine that Tom DeLong has either either had something happen to him or have seen something pretty strange to make him go that far into it.
2: Yeah. Well And he- there's a lot
1: of I'm telling you, there's a lot of people out there that have seen strange things and have had strange things happen that you don't really talk about it because you know, people are going to think you're crazy. If oh, there's you come definitely and tell a, them, you there's know, a
2: stigma for sure.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I'm telling you, most people don't say nothing about it or tell very few people about it at the least. And now here we are in today's world, and it's it's really coming to it. You know, it's coming down to it like all the people that have said for years that, you know, look at the world look at the planet look at the universe the ever-expanding galaxies and you know you think we're the only ones out of all that you think this little bitty thing is the only thing that's ever gotten life on it but there's a lot of unseen things in this world you know things that i don't know that's one thing i always say i hope that when i die all is revealed you know like this is why that happened this has been happening all along you know to really get the full picture and go oh okay i get it now so that was all for nothing or that was all i'm glad i did the way i did or you know to have the the closure at the end to know what it really was all about
2: well i don't i'm not going to get too deep into this because it's geek wire and we've got it we've spent a lot of time on this but uh, we we should do a Chris and Aaron show and re- like really dive in on this because I could talk about this for hours. So um, I did see something in 1996. I'll share it on Patreon. Join
1: DBG okay. VIP
2: on Patreon.
1: I don't. I'm. I. I can almost guarantee I've never told my story before because. Well, so you have one too. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I know. I'm nervous to talk about it. To be honest, but you know what? For our Decibel Geek VIPs. They already think I'm nuts. So I'll tell what happened to yeah, me when I, I was young.
2: I saw something in college, and uh, I have a witness with me who saw it, and also a, the police got involved. I'll just say that.
1: Holy shit. Yeah. And I'm <laughs> oh, not I can't lying. Wait. I'm, I'm okay. telling the God's
2: honest truth. But Tom DeLonge um, shared a tweet that was a big image that just said in big letters, Tom was right. Aliens fucking exist.
1: Fuck yeah, Tom DeLong. That's awesome.
2: Good I hate Blink one eighty two, but good for him.
1: Yeah, I'm not a big Blink one eighty two fan either, but I am now a big fan of Tom DeLong. Yeah.
2: Um, should I cut the last couple of stories and then we just get to the Vinnie Vincent talk?
1: Oh yeah, how long? Yeah, we're over an hour now by yeah. a long shot. Let's just get to the Vinnie Vincent talk.
2: Uh just real quick, Nikki Six said that um if he could pick any band to tour with with Motley Crue to destroy the world it would be Guns N' Roses. Um yeah, right.
1: Um uh, is there a please and a question mark behind that? Yeah, please? right. And
2: then um if you have Paramount Plus check out the I want to I want to rock documentary series. It's really well done. Hmm. It's um Karabi's on it Jan, Janet Gardner from Vixen and um Vicky Hamilton who managed GNR Motley Guns N' Roses or GNR Motley and Poison and uh
1: what about Susie Gardner? Is she on it?
2: Yeah, no, no sign of Susie Gardner on there. Okay, that.
1: all right. Keep our eyes open. I think
2: she's hanging out with Sammy Hagar. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, but, yeah, sorry. So for the last story, it's Kiss Christmas in July. We have to do something Kiss-related. Um,
1: it's expected, Yes.
2: So let's do some Vinnie Vincent talk. Um, oh, man. <laughs> uh, so we had talked about this a few weeks ago about their the quote-unquote Head Chopper's Ball that was uh, announced for October 13th and 14th. They announced that on June 24th.
1: Okay, yep, yep, that's right, I remember.
2: At Starstruck Entertainment Studio in Nashville. And um, they put tickets on sale on Vinnie Vincent's website. And then on July, I'm going to go through the timeline real quick.
1: Okay. So when was it announced? The 24th of June, right? Yeah,
2: June 24th, they announced it. Headchopper's Ball with cool graphic and everything. Looks like a horror movie poster from the 80s.
1: And this was like right after he had a band and then didn't have a band. It had a singer who wasn't the singer, who never was the singer.
2: Yeah, that was told he had the quote unquote prized position and then, <laughs> then lost. I don't remember. It was that
1: always makes me laugh. <laughs>
2: Prize position for a guy who never plays out. Um, then on July, it's like, all right, so let me go ahead and preface this with, there's some people involved with this event that we are friends with and we like these people, but it's Vinnie Vincent. So, um, we have thoughts. Um, July fourteenth, they announced that Tattered Sons was added to the bill. Who was a local band here? Um, Tim, the singer, I'm friends with, and they were they had a booth at Rockin Pod as one oh, of the yeah, local yeah. bands. That's right. July fifteenth, Ashton Blake of Native Sons is added to the bill, and Native okay. Sons have been at Rockin Pod twice now.
1: Yeah, yeah, those guys are awesome.
2: Uh, July fifteenth, the same day. The event name suddenly gets changed to Vinnie Vincent's Rock and Roll Weekend.
1: Oh, what? No Head Choppers Ball?
2: Yeah, I thought Head Choppers Ball was at least clever. Rock and well, Roll Weekend—that's pretty generic.
1: Um, I mean, we did kind of laugh at the Head Choppers Ball thing. It
2: was goofy, but at least it was—it was better than Rock and Roll Weekend.
1: I mean, it's more descriptive now. I guess people I guess. might not know what the hell a Head Choppers Ball is.
2: But we're not done. Okay. Um, July sixteenth, a local band called Cadence is added to the bill. Cadence also at Rockin' Pod this year.
1: Wow! So he's got all these Rockin' Pod bands.
2: Yeah, it's interesting.
1: It's good to see that you know Rockin' Pod is getting these bands' gigs. Hopefully, all turns out well in the end.
2: Yeah, July nineteenth, a uh, local singer named Shannon Quinn is added to the bill. She, I think, was apparently the um, she was at the last Vinnie Vincent event. Okay. Um, I think she's like a country singer. And then July 23rd, a band, local band called Contagion is added to the bill. Um, I don't really know these. I think I know members of the band. I still don't understand why their name is spelled as like it would be pronounced Contagon, because Contagion is spelled incorrectly. But anyway.
1: Contagan.
2: Contagon. Contagon. Um, but at that, at that point, they had a new flyer, and it said, said that the event is now called Vinny Vincent's Head Choppers Ball Rock and Roll Weekend.
1: Like Vinny, this is the third time that you've made me change the flyer. They don't just make these posters for free, Vinny. Every time you change the name, I've got to go get new flyers printed.
2: Yeah. So See
1: that being a problem.
2: So that that's the third name change.
1: So we're agreement here, no more name changes. Now here's the latest flyers. They're all printed out. Here you go.
2: And then he makes a statement on July 26th. <laughs> I'll read Vinny's statement. And these are all things that are sent to me because I'm not allowed in the private, super-secret He-Man Woman Hitters Club that Vinny has on Facebook.
1: I uh, don't feel too bad, Vinny Vincent. We also have moles in our VIP group. <laughs>
2: uh, it says, Vinny Vincent official announcement in caps. Hello, my friends. There's a few exciting things to tell you all about the upcoming event at the beautiful Starstruck Studios on October 13th and 14th. First and foremost, I'm looking forward to spending these two days with you, jamming out to all these wonderful bands and sharing the new VVI Judgment Day with you all. What's that? That's the new record.
1: Now, wait a minute. Is this. I've heard about two different quotations, new records. Mm-hmm. I've heard that this is just a rehash of old shit. Yeah, it's that's that's it been recorded a long time ago. Okay, well, I also heard that there might actually be a band.
2: The thing is, the way this is worded makes me makes it sound like Vinny's not going to play at all.
1: No, it, I, well, the way it's worded, I just assume that he wasn't because it says he's looking forward to spending time these two days with you jamming out to all these wonderful artists, not with, not along with, yeah. not beside, not after with. And then sharing the new whatever with you all.
2: Yeah. And from what I've heard, I've known people that were at the last event that helped work it. I'm not going to name their names because I want to get them in trouble. But they told me it's the Guitars from Hell Sessions with Fleischman. It's demos. So, Hmm. then he says, secondly, since so many great bands stepped up wanting to be a part of this rock and metal weekend, the party became a festival. Festival? Fun, you fucking idiots. It's anthrax. Um, And being in October, I present you with Rocktoberfest.
1: (laughs) I just printed these flyers.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And he says, uh, I'm proud to say we have artists in the double digits, not just an opener or two. This is going to be a jam-packed weekend where we all hang out together amongst friends, libations, watch some great bands, and just have a great time. Capacity is limited. Get your tickets at VinnyVincent.com dot com and we will see you in Rocktober. Vinny Vincent.
1: Wow. So there's more than nine artists involved in this.
2: Yeah. And capacity is limited.
1: What is this place that it's at?
2: It's a it's a studio. It's down on music row. I've I've driven by it okay. several times.
0: All right.
2: I, yeah, not I don't... not because of this, just because <laughs> I've driven through. <laughs> you don't have to get extra security, Vinny. I'm not coming, I promise.
1: Driving past it every day since June twenty fourth. <laughs> yeah.
2: No, I mean our, our friend Rosie Luck is helping Vinny out, and I, I've been friends with Rosie for years, and and I have no problems with Rosie. She, she no, she's, she's a Kiss cool. fan, then she's trying to help out.
1: I get but, it. Um, I get it. We all tried to help out at one point or we another. D- we
2: all did. And but I gotta wonder: Are these bands getting paid? And are they being used as bait to get people to pay two hundred and seventy five dollars a head to get into this thing?
1: If I'm best friends with I don't know, Shannon Quinn. I'm best friends with Shannon Quinn. I go to all her shows. I love her so much. She's like, I'm doing this thing. You want to come? Heck yeah, Shannon. You know I go to all your stuff. Oh yeah, I mean, you're my favorite country singer. They go, you coming to this thing? It's the Rocktoberfest. Oh, I can't wait. Like, hey, how much tickets? Oh, 250 bucks. You know, Shannon, I really love you a lot, but you know, I could see you next week at this bar or this club or whatever for 20. Yeah. I'm going to have to miss out on this Rocktoberfest.
2: Yeah. I, and then what do you do?
1: They go, oh, but Vinnie Vincent's going to be there. And like, And her fans are going to be like,
2: who the fuck is that? It just seems like square peg round hole, doesn't it?
1: Okay. So you got to think the tickets cost 250 bucks.
2: 275 bucks. Okay,
1: all right, all right. Well, 275. But you're getting a bunch of bands. You're getting Cadence, you're getting Contagon, you're getting (laughs) Tattered Sons, you're getting Dude from the Native Sons. Yeah. All sounds pretty good, but. Talented people. Would you pay, if you did not know who Vinnie Vincent was, would you pay 275 bucks to go to that?
2: Not a chance.
1: Not a chance. So then. Mm, boy that's tricky because then I'm trying to understand the mindset behind it. So then really all you're doing then is you're bringing in these bands cuz the people are going to pay 275 for Vinnie Vincent. I mean that's been proven like there's a group of people that will do that. But then they're there to see Vinnie Vincent. They're not there to see these other bands.
2: Yeah, it it doesn't it doesn't really add up cuz Kiss fans as we both know, judging by the download numbers on Kissmas and July shows compared to the others, Kiss fans only like Kiss.
1: Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes.
2: Most of the time, I, I, that's another. That's a rant for another day. But there's like Kiss fans I know that only listen to Kiss, and I'm like, I did that when I was 13, but I don't do yeah. that
1: now. <laughs> well, I mean, shit. Even when I was 13, I also listened to Poison and Molly Crew.
2: Like, there was a period of time where they were, like, my full-on obsession. and But there's men in their oh, 40s yeah. and 50s that still do that.
1: Yeah, whatever makes you happy, I guess.
2: Oh, that's fine. I just don't understand it. A um, lot of local talent here, but I almost wonder if if they're being added to this, A, so Vinny doesn't have to play, and B, to make the room look fuller.
1: Ding, ding. Ding, ding.
2: Because I, I from what I heard from my moles and people that know... Um, there was like six people that paid to get into the last one. How many? Six.
1: I mean, well, shit. I mean, when you're charging that much for tickets, six is pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it, it I made mean, it, I it, guess it it It's still well. worth your while. Yeah, but how, I, um, how much were tickets for the last one?
2: Uh, the last one was five hundred ahead.
1: Well, there you go. That's I mean, three grand shit. right there. Yeah. So, I mean, you want to pay me three grand to hang out with you this weekend? Sure, I'll do that.
2: Yeah, but I, it, I don't know, man. It's just I don't think uh, I'm just waiting for the next announcement that it's going to be called Vinnie Vincent's Head Choppers Ball Rock and Roll Weekend Rocktoberfest.
1: <laughs> Rocktoberfest <laughs> it's weekend. I just printed these flyers that say Rocktoberfest. I'm gonna fucking kill you. Yeah.
2: There's a very frustrated graphic designer out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: poor guy. I feel bad for him.
2: But no, yeah, at least he's
1: he's getting plenty of practice making Vinnie Vincent posters anyway.
2: Yeah, definitely. But like I, I let me, to make it to drive the point home, the people helping him out and the bands involved, no shade thrown at you at all.
1: Oh, no, hope it all works out great. I really. do too.
2: You're trying to get a leg up in this industry and it's not easy. Great. And some of you're just KISS fans wanting to help out. You love KISS. Aaron and I used to be in the same position you're in.
1: So. 100%. Yeah. We were, <laughs> for a minute there, many years ago, we almost be started to become known as that Vinnie Vincent podcast because we were so hot on the idea of Vinnie Vincent's out there somewhere, you know, and he was such a good guitar player, you know, and wrote cool songs with Kiss, and he was in the Vinnie Vincent Invasion, we liked that stuff, and such a good guitar player, you know whatever happened to that guy and and then it became what would it take to get him back and then all of a sudden he was back and then we're talking to him and then he's on the show you know we're like this is great Vinnie Vincent's a really cool dude and then he fucked us you know or try yeah. no let me tried rephrase to. that he tried to fuck us you know but he did not
2: oh yeah there were there was talks of us helping organize events and uh, us yeah. doing you know like full libraries of audio interviews on certain albums and there was a lot of big plans talked about and then uh and then everything went to shit
1: hell you know in retrospect i'm glad it happened quick those kind of things it's best just to tear the band-aid off you know yeah but it's it's really sad
2: because you know he had such momentum in 2018 and i just feel like he squandered all of it
1: yeah he really did have some good momentum there going and You know, if he'd have just, mm, there was, yeah, I don't know. It just wasn't meant to be. It's one of those things, you know, and people see him and they go, he was so fucking talented. And they go, he just, if he could just find a way to live up to his potential, if I could only help him live up to his potential, he would do amazing things. You know, and I've seen other people do this too, where you see so much in the guy. And you think he's got it, you know, if he only had somebody to to give him just this to help him get there. And then you think, I could do that. You know, I can help this guy. And then he could you know, be recognized as the awesome player and the songwriter that I know that he is, you know. But then it comes down to the same reality time after time. Welcome to the club. It's just Vinny being Vinny. And that's all Vinny's ever been. That's all he's ever going to be. That's why he, you know, didn't make it in Kiss. It's why, you know, the Vinny Vincent invasion fell apart. I mean, don't ask me. Ask Gene and Paul. Ask Mark Slaughter. Ask Bobby Rock. Ask Robert Fleischman. You know, ask Andre LaBelle. I remember talking to Andre LaBelle and he's like, man, he's so talented. You know, if I could just talk to him. You know, that was the time at Rocket Pod where everybody thought that Vinny was having his birthday inside the same area.
2: And that almost happened, too.
1: And Andre was like, man, if I could just talk to him, you know, is he really here? You know, maybe maybe I could help him. And I was like, Andre. Stay away. You know better. And he's like, yeah, I know. I know. But, man, you know, he's got so much potential. And when you see somebody that's got so much potential. They seem like they can't reach it on their own or they're self-sabotagers. That's exactly what it is. As many have described Vinny as, you know? And so you think, boy, if there was just some way that he could get past that part where he always kind of screws himself over.
2: Yeah. Well, and that's the thing I try to tell people that, because we both know people that have helped him over the years and it's, One of those things where just like when we were in that position, it was one of those things It's like, well, maybe he's changed and maybe I can help get him over the hump. And then you just find out that the rumors are true. And he's just, Gene called it a classic failure mechanism where if things get too good, you find a way to torpedo yourself. And that's what he does. And also I tell people that help him, I'm like, your intentions are great. They're pure. You want the best for him. But eventually it's going to come around and he's going to go after you.
1: Yeah. And again, you know. These are just our opinions.
2: And I hate telling people that. I really do. I'd love to see I'd love to see him really release an album and go out and do sure. club shows yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah, we but did. It, it, it's not going to happen.
1: No, we really did. We wanted to see all those things and thought if we could help, we'd be glad to. Sure. But then you realize now you can't help.
2: And I mean, I'm a kid. I'm a you and I are both Kiss fans through and through. We still even after the history we've had with him. I'd still like to see him turn it around. I just don't have much hope for it.
1: Oh, yeah. Because if he put together a band, a good band, and actually came out with an album of good songs, fuck, I'd buy it. But, I mean, how old
2: is he now? He's 71?
1: I don't know. Ace Frehley still comes out with new albums. Kiss, well, they do their thing. Well,
2: I'm excited for Ace's record. I would I probably wouldn't go see him live right now as much as I love the guys in the band but Ace is not doing well but that's that's another story.
1: He ain't bad every night. Oh, well, we got we had a great night when we saw him. Yeah. He's getting up there too. He's yeah. allowed to have off nights, I think. I did finally break down and watch the video we talked about last time cuz I didn't want to. You know me. Yeah. Oh,
2: I don't take I don't take joy in it, trust
1: it's, me. It's it's like UFOs, you know. It's like I don't want to think about that.
2: <laughs> we are talking about spacemen.
1: It may be real. Maybe Ace Frehley is losing his touch a little bit, you know, but I don't want to think about that. I want to think about how good the world is when Ace Frehley's on his game.
2: Uh, happens to everybody. We're all human.
1: But I did break down and watch that video. It was kind of a bummer to see it. But, again, when you don't rely on backing tracks and things like that at their age, you're bound to fuck up once in a while. Give the man a break. At least he's out there doing it for real. He ain't trying to motley crew it.
2: That's true. Amen.
1: I don't know. I don't know. But, yeah, crazy Vinny events and stuff. But, again, <laughs> I would just want to reiterate again. It's just our opinions from, well, they're experienced opinions, I guess, but opinions nonetheless.
2: Yeah, but we'll get more hits if I say what I'm saying is fact.
1: Don't be getting us sued now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Alright, well shit. This has been a long episode on a Friday night after a long week. We got one more Kissmas in July episode coming your way. Whew. I don't think I've ever been tired out after an episode. This one really,
2: <laughs> We've covered a lot of ground today.
1: This one really got me. You know, I <laughs> feel like an athlete, a podcast athlete, a podcast elite.
2: Uh, That's a little clunky. Yeah. But But learn how to merge in the zipper lane. It's an inside joke.
1: All right, well, there you have it. This (laughs) has been GeekWire. It's your news, the latest and greatest happenings in the world of rock and roll. We're the Decibel Geek Podcast, brought to you by Pantheon. If you're looking for music podcasts, go no further. They've got them all. All the best why piddle around dicking around trying to find one when they're serving them up hot and fresh for you check them out pantheon.com they're out there they got all the best for you the best music podcast in the world (sighs) ah so there you go that's it see ya